Welcome to the Communicate for Good podcast, where leaders on a mission to make the world a better place come to talk and learn about how communication, language, and words can help increase awareness, revenue, and impact with less stress and more joy. I'm your host, Erica Mills Barnhart, and I'm so excited you're here with me. Let's dive right in. Welcome to or welcome back to the Communicate for Good podcast. I am your host, Erica Barnhart, and today's conversation is different in some ways than other conversations that uh, I've had about leadership and communication because it's about how do you, how does your style communicate on your behalf? What does it say about you and your leadership? And what does that have to do? What is the connection between confidence in how you're showing up, right? In terms of what you're wearing, which seems like superficial and we don't do a lot of superficial, I was saying on this podcast, and it's not. And it's not. You know, the workaround style is actually substantive. And I'm joined today in conversation with a woman, Angela Foster, who is a style coach. And we talk about, we dig into what's the connection between confidence, leadership, and making the world a better place. Uh, And there actually is some direct line, there is a direct line between these things. So I would really encourage you to be thinking about, like, as we head into the, to the, to the meat of the matter of the podcast, be thinking about, like, you could even check in with yourself right now. How am I feeling in my body right now? How are my clothes making me feel? Do I feel like a frumposaurus or am I feeling, you know, kind of fly? Because like, how you feel in your body, you know, it shows up, it shows up in life and also in leadership. So just check in with no judgment, of course, no judgment, always from a place of acceptance and compassion and see if there's something in this conversation I have with Angela that might, that might resonate with you as you move forward. She says, um, you are not a a fruit salad. And she, she speaks about, she speaks to that a little bit. I forgot to ask her specifically about the, how she landed um, on that, but you were not just an apple or a pear or any of these kind of trite, let me stick you in a box or let me put you in a fruit salad with your specific role. I don't know. What I do know is I found this conversation very inspiring, very motivating in terms of going back and looking at my own wardrobe. And I hope that you will too. And with that, here we go, a conversation with Angela Foster. All right, everybody, I have with me today, Angela Foster. Now, I'm very intrigued to see where this conversation goes because it can go a lot of different ways. Angela is a style coach and she is specifically a petite style coach. So petite is five, four and under. Angela, is this where we're talking? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm like on the cusp you know, because I'm five, four. And like, if I've been doing my stretches, I'm like a little over five, four. Anyway, so I'm going to like gobble up this up. I want to say out of the gate though, listeners, if you are taller than five, four, which like a lot of you probably are, we are going to speak more broadly about how you can think about style as it relates to confidence and how that relates to your ability to lead effectively. So this is, you know, Angela is specific to petites, We're going to have a broader conversation about style and confidence and leadership. So Angela came to 
be a coach after 20 years as an executive in the fashion and beauty space. And she, again, helps high-achieving petite women feel more confident by creating a closet they love. Her clients show prepared and confident to things like brand photo shoots, keynote presentations, and, and this is the important part, I believe, everyday life. <laughs> right? Like Another 90%. Because like, how often are we at photo shoots? Not that often. Or even even for somebody like me who does professional speaking, like a keynote, you know, on occasion, I feel like this everyday life piece is so important. And Angela does that so that they enjoy a wardrobe filled with clothes that fit their height, flatter their body shape, and that they love to wear. So Angela, thank you for being here on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am a huge fan of your podcast. Aww. So it was such an honor to be on with you. Well, we're so happy to have you here. Thanks. I always love to hear. So there's the like, these bio, sort of the intros are always funny because it's like 20 years, you know, it's going to pop over like, you know, my half a lifetime or more. I would love to hear how, so you have a background in fashion and beauty. Yes. We'd love to hear a little bit more about that. And then like, what was the choice point for you? Or maybe there's multiple moments where you were like, now it's time to transition and be a style coach. Right. About that. So it was, I think it's been six years now. And I was in corporate America. I was actually out of town at a national sales meeting. And one of my really close girlfriend slash peers was she was, you know, she was out there with me and she had just had her second baby and she was going through a divorce. And so there was a lot of, besides for just having a stressful position at work, there was a lot of life issues going on. She said to me, I don't feel like myself. I don't recognize my body. I used to be cool and now I feel frumpy. Just, you know, like all the nonsense. And she goes, and you always look amazing. And would you be willing to help me? And I was like, a hundred percent. I would love to. And this was before I had a framework. I mean, it was very, looking back on it now, it was all very organic. But we worked together for probably four to six weeks. I would just pop over stuff to her. It'd be like, check it out. I think this would be adorable on you, whatever. And her personal friends started to take notice of it. What are you doing? What's changed? Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, do you mind if I give them your name? And like, could you help them out? And it just kind of snowballed from there. Like, one client led to five, led to 10. I make it sound super easy. I, I bet there was some work <laughs> involved in that. But yes, but to your point, like poof. So, and honestly, it was one of those things, like I was never one of those people who thought I'm put on this planet just to give and make others feel, like it, that just never had entered my head. But there was something so amazing. There is something so amazing about helping a woman achieve a level of confidence where she feels empowered to accomplish her goals, take on risks, do things, the scary things to crush her goals. It is just, it's magical to watch it. And I'm so flattered each and every time to be able to help. It's just the best thing ever. So <laughs> clearly you're passionate about what you do. Yes. Yeah. Well, this is important. I think it's interesting. You know, I've been having a lot of conversations because I'm at a different point in life where I have my oldest, my daughter is going out to college. So there, there, I, I really relate to your first client after, you know, you have two kids and you're sort of like, who am I? Uh -huh. And how does that relate to what I'm going to wear and how I'm going to show up? And then women face this again, as our bodies shift, as we roll into middle, middle age and menopause. 
And that just messes with you in a whole different way. Super exciting. It just, it keeps things jazzy, you know? <laughs> What's going to happen today? Who knows? Everybody makes menopause sound super sexy. Every woman that I talk to, just they just love the whole process. Yeah. Oh, yes. Totally. Totally. For anyone who missed that, that is called sarcasm. <laughs> it is just, it's differently tough because we have normalized the like, I just have babies and I feel weird about my body. But since menopause still has stigma, like I'm guessing some people listening are like, holy schmoly, what are we talking about? Why are we talking about menopause? How does that relate to Lena Schaub, right? Because it does, because it's, you know, if you are blessed enough to get to the stage of life, every single woman, which is more than half the planet, is going to go through this. And yet we don't talk about it nearly as much right. as we talk about this earlier phase. So I just want, I just want to acknowledge anybody who's listening. We have these moments in time and how we look, which is really about how do I feel, mm -hmm. matters. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so I'm curious, how do you, like, where do you start? Because really, like, to me, that's about how do I want to feel? So there's a confidence piece, but I'm guessing you have clients who want, like you have, you were mentioning she wants to feel hip again, or right. how do you help clients, like, identify that? Is that, because in, in my world, in my speak, that would be about brand personality. Yes. Oh my gosh, Erica, so much goodness there. Okay. So, and let me know if I, I miss anything. So hundred percent. When it comes to women, it doesn't matter how old you are, where you're at, your body shape is going to change. I mean, it starts off with puberty and then you have a baby and then you, you know, lose the weight. You don't lose the weight. It's, and you know, you have another one that you can, then you go through menopause. So the first step that I always take clients through is knowing how to dress for your body shape. And one, I mean, that is, I don't want to say 90% of it, but that's a huge game changer right there. When you all of a sudden can identify the styles that look great on you today, know why they look good on you, then when your body shape changes, you'll know how to adjust around that. And that feeling of empowerment is so incredible. Like that just really, it alleviates so much just stuff, like wasting money on clothes that aren't going to look good on you, like wasting stuff, you know, like having tons of money in the closet of things you don't like to wear and that don't fit you and, you know, like all of that. The other, when it comes to, you know, a little bit more mindset and confidence, there's a couple of things, right? So for lead, for women leaders, the way we show up and the amount of confidence, I mean, it really does impact our teams and the, the people that we're leading and the ones we're trying to persuade or the ones we're trying to get to donate money or volunteer time or Whatever the situation is, there's a, I call it the 7-Eleven rule, but that's just because I think it's funny because of the convenience store thing. But it's actually, people make 11 decisions about us in seven seconds. Ooh, wait, wait, let's say that again. People make 11 decisions about us in seven, I, I instantly feel very self-conscious in this moment. Why? Well, what are the 11 decisions they're making about us? Right, right. And I mean, there it's the majority of them are subconscious, like just, you know, how people always like, oh, I'm not judgy. Well, we're judgy even if yeah. we don't, right? Yeah. So this is, yep, all the things. But let's talk, but let's think about that. And so some of those 11 decisions are going to be, am I going to donate money? Am I going to hire her? Is she worth that much money? Does she know what she's talking about? Am I going to spend the next 20 minutes listening to what she has to say? Like all of these things. And you, I mean, I don't know how fast you can talk. You just can't say much in seven seconds, like short of like saying your name. So 
leading with that feeling of confidence, when you know you look great, that has a huge impact on those 11 decisions as to you know how those people are going to respond to you. That's always, I think, when when you're looking at like the amount of time or energy it takes to feel amazing, it's worth it. Okay, seven eleven rule. <laughs> I mean, we all know that a bunch of decisions at the subconscious level get made all the time. I mean, we yes. talk a lot about on this podcast, as you know, it's sort of cute that we think our conscious minds make as many decisions as they do. Like adorable. So <laughs> it's just decided for us because of how we've walked through life, you know? Yes, yes absolutely. Absolutely. So, and then you had brought up a really good point about branding and all it, you know, yeah, addressing yeah. your brand and that type of thing. And that's something that I work with, you know, like my clients with a lot just because they are entrepreneurs or executives and to your point, leaders and dressing either their business brand, if they're the owner um, or their personal brand, if they're an executive that wants to grow their career, that's a huge, that's a huge piece of it, right? Because if, and I've heard you say it on the podcast too, which always makes me laugh because I say the same thing to my clients is, what are the three adjectives that you would use to describe your brand? Dang, adjectives. Yes, absolutely. And I have my clients do the same thing. That's why okay. I think it's fun. But then what we do is we translate those three adjectives into their wardrobe so that there's that, again, people will pick up subconsciously the fact that this leader is consistent. And I think it was Marcus Buckingham who said, the thing that people appreciate most about their leaders is consistency, knowing how they're going to show up. So that's like, yes. I love this because, you know, listeners, anyone who, and maybe this is your first time listening to the podcast, this is new, but many listeners have listened a lot and heard me say three adjectives. Why three? Because it's actionable. And so, you know, and I translate that mainly into how they're communicating, but you're actually doing the same thing. It's just like, how are you communicating with your style? Is that yes. fair? Okay. hundred uh-huh. percent. Beautifully said. You, um, do you find it, well, like oftentimes if I'm working with leaders one-on-one, so doing executive coaching, this stumps people. You know, I do, I also work at the organizational level and that that's challenging in a, in a different way because it's like group decision-making around what are our three adjectives. <laughs> but I, I'm curious what your experience is and, and listeners, I want to invite you into this moment, which is what three adjectives which you use to describe yourself. And and then I always sort of want to have an invitation of, and what, there's the present day you, and then there's the ability to sort of use this as a way to become the you that yes. you want. And, and, and importantly, this isn't like, I'll, I'll use myself. I'm a, I'm a casual person, okay? So like, it's not about, I'm going to wave a magic wand and I'm going to become like a very formal person grounded in authenticity and who you truly are, what do you want to bring forward more maybe as you move into these different phases? So that's a lot of blah, blah to ask the question, do do your clients struggle to identify the three adjectives? That's an interesting question. I don't know that I wouldn't say they struggle. Where I oftentimes find I step in is to push them to be more specific. Mm. So they'll come with like a very like, oh, I want classic or smart or that just doesn't say, I mean, like, I need, like, give me some more meat. What does smart or classic or edgy or hip, whatever, what does that look like to you? So normally I'm like pushing them to be just like, let's dig deeper into that. 
And then we get to translate that into, you know, what that looks like. Because let's be honest, I mean, a black pencil skirt from Ann Taylor is going to send a much different message than black pants and a black leather moto jacket. You know what I mean? Yes. So, Very different. Yes. So translate. But what happens if you pair the pencil skirt with the moto jacket? Amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that so much. Anytime that you can do something surprising with your style and unexpected, I always just think that sends the message that sublimate, I'm super creative and I've got this. Like it also, I'm intentional. Yes. Uh-huh. And that goes right back to this consistency piece. Yes. So I want to bridge that into decision fatigue. Oh, gosh, yeah. Right? I worked with a stylist now quite a number of years ago. And I will say one of the key things that I still, to this day, is so efficient. Like when I walk into a store, I'm like, and I'll give a very specific example. So I have, you know, a lot of muscle, I have muscular arms. And the way that my arms are cap sleeves. I mean, if I want to look like a linebacker, it's a fast track, right? Like, <laughs> awesome. But in general, that's not the vibe I want to be giving off. So I can just be like, no, it's cap sleeves, absolutely not. There's a lot of things like that. So will you speak to like how this, because the listeners to this podcast are like, just it's just like a barrage of decisions. And I can't, maybe you'll remember it's, I mean, there's some number of decisions that you get in a day, and we've mainly gone through them in an hour. 35,000 is what, I, well, I've heard two numbers. I've heard anywhere between 35,000 and 60,000. No wonder we're day? exhausted. Yes, no wonder we're exhausted. And it's then just... there's some number, I'm going to block that out because that makes <laughs> me fatigued. Uh, there's a number of, and I can't remember now if it says 711, 35. Thousand and sixty thousand of decisions that like it's just diminishing returns. So you're going to make solid decisions the first seventeen. I don't know what it, I don't even think it's that many. Right, right. It's some low number, and most of us have made these. So this is why a lot of leadership coaches will encourage like morning routines, standardize that the max because you don't want to be you know sort of wasting those really important ability. And so I feel like since most of us get dressed in the morning, mm-hmm. I mean, COVID sort of shifted that. <laughs> but I think we're back to most of us get, you know, fully dressed in the morning. And so connect the dots for us between really having a deep sense of style in a closet you love and how that can actually make you a better leader because Absolutely. it mitigates the number of decisions you have to make in a day. Right. Such a great question. When it comes to your brand style, whether your leadership or whether, you know, and whatever the situation is going to be, whether you're going to be on social media or doing videos or whatever, it's so many women think that they need to have this broad array of clothes in their closet. And actually, what we should do is we should really be streamlining that so we have more of a brand uniform. So for example, if you have a balanced body shape, and you have awesome legs and you love to show them off, there's nothing wrong with having seven wrap dresses in your closet that you put on rotation and you I feel wear liberated those. in this moment to have more than one wrap dress. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And then it all of a sudden becomes like almost like a Steve Jobs kind of black pants, black mock turtleneck type of thing, right? So we feel like so obligated, like, oh my gosh, it's, but no, it's actually the best thing because again, it sends that consistent brand message through your style. But then also to your point, it alleviates a lot of the nonsense when we're standing there in the closet 
in the morning in our bra and underwear going, crap, I have to like grab something right now, right? So, and then just one other thing to dovetail off of, because we talked a little bit about, you know, knowing the styles and the shapes that work with your body shape, but to take that one step further, and again, it kind of goes back to, well, it definitely goes back to confidence, is that most women, when I first start to work with them and we talk about body shape, they'll make comments like, oh, I'm an apple and my shoulders are too broad or my bust is too big or I'm a pear and my hips are too wide. And and it's always, uh, this is my body shape and this is what's wrong with it. We, I have a body shape you know, mini workshop that I take my clients through and it's a, you're not an apple, a pear or a banana or anything else like that. What we do is, is we first of all, focus on what your favorite feature is. And that's where the leg comment came in. Oh, I love that you start from a place of strength and what people love. Yay. Yes. So whatever that is. And normally women will pick their bust or their waist or their legs or something. And then so instead of focusing on what what we don't like or we don't think is a strength of ours feature-wise, we focus on accentuating the heck out of what your favorite feature is. And then we just create balance around that because honestly, I mean, fashion, just like everything, it's just a visual illusion. I mean, like we're just creating the illusion of what we want and that's just to be balanced. So once you focus on your favorite feature, emphasize that, create the illusion of balance for the rest of it, it does get so much easier. And to your point, again, just cuts down on the amount of decisions that we have to make, which is a good thing. I was going to ask this question, but you kind of answered it. So maybe you can expand, which is, you know, I think we are socialized, particularly as women, to always be oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my shopping. I'm going to do this work with Angela when I've lost 5, 10, 15, insert the amount. This mindset of I'm not, and I'm going to paraphrase this, is I'm not quite good enough. Therefore, I'm not worthy of feeling this amazing in my clothes and in my body. How do you help women really accept? And some of this work is, you know, internal work that we all got to do around self-compassion and acceptance and all of that. But how do you help women just be like, you're awesome now? Mm-hmm. Let's make you feel even more amazing in this body, wherever it is today. Love this topic. Love this. Love this whole conversation here. So, I I don't know about you. I'm 51, and I've been my ideal, like the weight that I love to see the number on the scale, a year out of my life. Like that's it. Like every other time, I've been like, oh, I'd love to lose, or I'd like, you know, just... oh, you're going, and I love that so much. And now let's really think about it. If we are going to put everything on hold because of five pounds, Talking, not even not accomplishing our goals. We're never going to leave the house. Like this is, do you know what I mean? And it's just a number and nobody cares. I don't care what the number on your scale is. You know what I mean? Like that's, no, nobody else does too. So we put the, all of this pressure and this stress and, oh, I'm going to wait to do the brand photo shoot until I do this. Or I'm going to wait to accept that until I, you know what I mean? It's like, we can't, we just can't, Put, we can't afford to put anything on hold. Like everything is too precious, right? So that's the first thing. The second thing is, is that when you dress to flatter your body shape, you'll be amazed at how much smaller and, you know, more curvy or less curvy or, you know, whatever your goal is that you'll really look when you just are dressing in the way that's going to make the most sense for your shape. So yes, don't put anything on hold. No, you're worthy right now today. Yes. Feel amazing. 100%. 100%. Go out and conquer the world. I stumbled across, I don't spend a lot of time on social media, but stumbled across an Instagram. Yeah, it was Instagram. It was, it was like such a plot twist, you know, one of those posts because it's this guy and he's like, 
So if you want, you know, you're like to feel good about your body and like if you want to know how to like position yourself so that people will accept you. And he's like going and I was like, for some reason I kept watching because usually it'd be like, and, you know, no, but there, I was like, I feel like something's coming. He's like, I, you know, I can teach you how to really feel great about yourself. And then he says, get different friends. <laughs> and I was like, amen. And then he, you know, went on to sort of be like, if you are surrounding yourself with and friends being, you know, virtual or in person that make you feel anything other than that you are, that you are perfect, perfectly yes. perfect, just as you are today in this moment. So, because so much out there is like, and then if you like just sort of lean back a little bit and you do the twist-a-roo and you like you're in this weird contortedness, which I am incapable of doing, it turns out. I mean, I do, you know, I have a teenage <laughs> daughter and I'm like, how do y'all know how to do that? And they know how to do it because they've, they've been on social media. So yes, you should only surround yourself with people that are cheering you on. And all of that. Of course, that I mean that sounds easy. It's not no, you know, it's, it's not, not it's not always of- it's not always easy. But once you do find your cheerleading team, then absolutely hang on to them. I would I would actually I would, I would take that one step further, which is if you're good with you, I was just, you know, Michelle Obama's new book is out. And one of the things that I really appreciated her saying is if you're good with you, it kind of doesn't matter what other people are thinking about you. So I guess my my invitation to listeners who want to are like, okay, that'd be great to like every morning I go to my closet and I'm like, I can wear anything in here and it's going to make me feel fantastic. If that sounds good, do it for you. Mm -hmm. Like this to me is, is you work, you do it for you so that you can walk through the world with that greater level of confidence. So you can do more good in the world Mm -hmm. fundamentally. Yes. And it does, it starts your day off differently Mm -hmm. when you, you know, haven't just thumbed through clothes after clothes after clothes that don't fit, you don't like, you you don't really want to wear, don't feel good in and all of that. It just really does start your day off in a different spot mm-hmm. when you're like, I literally can walk into my closet blindfolded, grab anything and know it's going to be awesome. So yeah. yes, I'm not, um, so when I, I like capsule wardrobes, uh-huh. like I, I like a little, a really petite wardrobe, partially because of decision. Mm-hmm. You know, I get, I have a lot of sure. decision fatigue. And so when I was working with that stylist, this is like quite a while ago, and she, she, you have to put every article of clothing, all shoes, all everything out. Okay. So like, if you're smart, you've done one round of purging because, you know, we all have things where like, she's going to tell me no anyway. So I had done that. <laughs> like it was all laid out. And then she looked at my shoes and she said, well, where are the rest of your shoes? And I said, these are all my shoes. And she's like, no, no woman has this few shoes. And I was like, you can go look in the closet. Like I'm not, I'm not hiding my shoes from you. I just, she's like, okay. I like, I appreciate that you're a minimalist, but this is just taking it a little too far. Right? Oh my god. <laughs> she just sort of looked at me like, what the, what, what? So we all have, and I'm, but it's, it's this, like whatever works for you, for others, yes. like, you know, petite capsule wardrobe will feel limiting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What parting piece of advice would you give or anything else that we haven't talked about that you think it's important to talk about for leaders who want to make the world a better place? Right? Oh my gosh. Let's see. I think the big thing is, is that it takes a lot of stress off of us when we plan ahead. So that would be my my one word of advice. Like for with my clients and I, we start off at the beginning of every season map out what events that they have. Do they have a fundraiser? Do they have a big 
presentation, whatever that situation is, we map it all out and then we plan in advance. So we know what we need to buy. We know what we already have and what we can reuse or repurpose. Mm-hmm. And then we go from there. And then that just, just that whole getting in front of it really does alleviate a lot of panic shopping, a lot of wasted time, a lot of wasted money and all of that. And we do it with so many other things, right? Like you're going to have a dinner party and you'll make a list, go to the grocery, you know what I mean? Days in advance and all of that. So it's that type of that thing, just us getting in front of it. I think a lot of just questionable buying decisions happen Mm -hmm. when we're in that panic Mm -hmm. spot where, oh my gosh, it's tomorrow. (laughs) What am I going to wear? So, Well, I I love the the rhythm that you're suggesting, which is seasonal and I'm going to paraphrase that as quarterly, like as leaders, I think (laughs) many, many of us, many listeners do quarterly planning. And so why not factor your style and your wardrobe and your closet into your quarterly planning? That's genius, Angela. I love that. Good. 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 I love that. Thank you so much for being here, but importantly, thank you for the work you do and elevating style as something more substantive than I think we sometimes give it credit for. Oh my gosh, Erica, thank you so much. Thank you. And I do have a gift for your listeners. Ooh, let's hear about that. Yes. So it is the top five do's and don'ts, five super easy things that can make a big, big difference in getting dressed in the morning. So I know, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. I will be reading that. (laughs) And we will be putting that into the show notes so that folks can access that. Absolutely. It's um, if they go to AngelaStyleCoach.com forward slash CFG, I'll pop over the PDF for them and they'll have it all ready to go. What does CFG stand for? Communicate for good? Yes. You know what's so funny? I'm like, is that because I always do C and then the number four G? That's my shorthand. Oh. So I was like, had this one. I'm like, oh, it's communicate for good. I'm there. I'm with you now. I'm with you now, Angela. It just took me a bit. <laughs> See, we, we thought we were being really clever. Okay. You, you were clever. It's easy. Um, where else can people find you? I'm not on social media a ton. However, I do love LinkedIn. So Angela Style Coach over there also. And yeah, they can just pop over to my website, take a look, ask me any questions. I'm always happy to help. So thank you, Angela. I'm also mainly on LinkedIn. So I will, I already was looking, but I would encourage you listeners, if this has piqued your interest, definitely go check out Angela's website, connect with her on LinkedIn. I hope that you have gleaned some either inspiration or motivation or concrete tips about how you can use style (laughs) uh, to elevate your leadership. And also as a, as you know, one facet of how you communicate as a leader, um, definitely. Thank you again, Angel, for being here. Thanks, listeners, as always, for being with us. Do good, be well, and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Communicate for Good podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate it if you would right here, right now, go rate and review the podcast. Your review will help even more purpose-driven leaders, teams, and organizations learn how to use words to change the world. To find more ways that communication can help you increase awareness, revenue, and impact, head on over to www.claxon.communicationnos.com.